Welcome to Lucia Gabriela TV, the place to be where we come to learn all we can about love, relationship, sensuality, sexuality, and living in our purpose. I am Lucia Gabriela, your host, and today we have an amazing speaker. Her name is Robin LaCrosse, and uh, she's a fascinating, um, fascinating woman that has so much passion for what she does. So I'm going to read you her bio. Robin LaCrosse is a holistic health practitioner who specialized in women's reproductive health. She has been teaching natural birth control methods for over 25 years because she's passionate about making sure every young woman grows up knowing and understanding her body and cycle. Robin is on a mission to reduce unintended pregnancies and the spread of STDs in the world by changing the way mothers to the children, sex, and staying safe. Robin is the founder of the HPV educational program to raise awareness about the virus, new advances in HPV testing and holistic methods of promoting cervical health. Armed with a holistic approach, coupled with the latest events in technology, she's empowering individuals to protect themselves against HPV. Robin currently lives in Tucson, Arizona, and works with women all over the world, helping them to acquire the knowledge, tools, and skills needed to create greater reproductive health and well-being. You can find her at hpvedu.com and all the other website that she would tell you in a little bit. So welcome to our show, Robin. We appreciate you having you here. Thank you so much, Lucia. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited about this topic. And here we always... Um, Strive to be very integrative and holistic, and also mm -hmm. learn from other mentors, not just in the, the spiritual realms or the physical realms, but also the realms of the, the medical realm, right? Like we're talking about HPV and the aspect of science and technology, which make it so exciting. So I am so excited and ready to learn from you about this topic. Today is about everything you need to know to protect yourself from HPV. And even if you're single or in a relationship. Yeah, you so, know, HPV is everywhere. And I think more people need to know and understand, you know, the the, specific, the challenges, the unique challenges it pre presents. So thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm really ready to, to learn from you today. Um, so can you just share with us, how did you start with uh, this journey? What makes you... Why inspires you to be so inspired to teach others about this? Yeah, you know, it's all about my own personal journey, you know, and it started when I was in my 20s, you know, when I was in my teenage years, my mom put me on the pill. And then by the time I got to 20 years old, I was like, I just don't want to put these chemicals in my body anymore. You know, I mean, I was moving towards like a more natural, holistic lifestyle. And it just felt so out of alignment and what i realized was i didn't know how to protect myself i didn't know how to protect myself from pregnancy i didn't know how to protect myself from sexually transmitted diseases and so it really started like a personal quest for information and as i learned and discovered new things i was just like oh my god like every woman needs this information you know first of all it started out with you know the whole cycle awareness piece and learning to identify when I was fertile and using that information to avoid getting pregnant. And then later, 
Um, I was exposed to HPV, which I had never heard of before. And all of a sudden the doctors were telling me I had this virus that was going to stick with me for the rest of my life. It was going to put me at risk for cervical cancer, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, oh my God, I never heard anything about this. And, you know, it was just so, it really just triggered a quest for information for me. And as I learned and discovered more, you know, I was just like, you know, other women really need to to learn more about this because HPV is our most common, you know, sexually transmitted virus. And most people don't realize that they're not testing for it unless you're a woman who's had an abnormal pap smear. It's like, you'll never know that you've had the virus or you may even be a carrier of the virus. So I think raising awareness for people is, is really important. And so that's why I started the HPV education project was to help raise awareness um, just in the general public and let people know that there are actually tests available now that we didn't have access to before. And also about the treatments for women who've had problems with HPV. Um, you know, the doctor has a selection of surgical options that they can offer you, but that's pretty much it. And what, um, you know, they don't know what, you know, women don't hear is that cervical dysplasia actually responds really well to natural treatments. And so I became a holistic health practitioner after my own personal experience with HPV. This was back in 2000. Um, I found somebody to address the problems with naturally and we healed my cervix and it was normal for, you know, the next 14 years until I was re-exposed again. So, so yeah, it's out there and we, you know, there's lots of, you know, information that we can share and discuss. And so I'm so happy to be here today just to kind of help raise awareness with, you know, a larger population. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So for somebody, uh, I, I, I'm aware a little bit. I can tell, uh, being very honest and vulnerable to say that I don't have too much awareness of HPV. I know that it is it, a virus and um, that we look, you know, that is transmitted through sex or fluid. So I, I, I can say, I, even though I I'm ignorant about the topic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's okay. So, so, so let's start with the aspect of like, for some people like me, all the people out there that we have, like we heard about it, we hear it, you know, on the commercials about the vaccine for HPV and all that stuff. And, and you know, not something that I actually, you know, uh, approached in that, but, what is it like? What it actually does? Uh, where it came from? What it does? And like, what it actually do to you as a woman, or even a man? Like, can a men get HPV too? And sure. I don't know. Like, talk about yes. it. Yeah. So HPV is a wart virus. There's between a hundred and two hundred different strains of the virus. It can give you warts on your hands. It can give you warts on your feet. It can give you warts in your genital area. So. It's, you know, very versatile virus. There's many strains of it. There's approximately 40 different strains that can affect the genital tract. Of those 40, um, there's about 14, which are considered high risk, which can increase your risk for cervical cancer or other HPV related cancers. And um, like I said before, it's our most common sexually transmitted virus. And most people will be exposed to it over the course of their life. The majority of people will clear the infection and never know that they had it. Some people will have, you know, the virus will stay kind of dormant in their tissues and pop up during times of, of stress. And, um, you know, for other people, it, 
it arrives, it causes problems, it continues to cause problems and this kind of thing. So what happens really actually kind of depends on one, which strain of the virus you get, two, you know, how your body um, responds to the initial infection. If it clears it, you know, off the bat, great, you're doing good. If it doesn't, then that presents a situation where it can either lay dormant and you not know that you have it, or it can, you know, pop up during times of stress or just be kind of a persistent infection and just kind of cause problems intermittently over, you know, the course of your lifetime type thing. So, so out of those 40 strains of the, you talk about this 14 at a high risk, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say, um, I have seen people like now when you mentioned the word, like, okay, I have seen people that they, you know, they, 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 they get these different words. I'm trying to do it in the mouth. I'm trying to do it in different areas of the body that they come up and through stress. But like we noticed that. And I remember now a couple of people that had that uh, in the past and, and uh, a French, of course. And then I had, um, okay. So that's kind of like, a gentle way of having HPV, right? It's not like something so, if there's any like life um, life risk, like the risky one, like the 14 strain, like how do they show up? Like they show up as a word or, or they show, show up like more drastical? So with the low risk strains of HPV, there's two in particular that can cause genital warts, the strains uh, six and 11. And so those two are the most likely to be associated with the development of actual warts in the genital area. And then the high risk strains, the ones that put you at risk for cancer, they generally don't produce warts. So they actually don't produce any real symptoms. And so that's why people don't know that they carry the virus unless you happen to have a strain that produces warts. You won't know unless your pap smear comes back abnormal. And so that's why you know, they encourage women to go, you know, every year they've changed the regulate the, the guidelines a little bit. So now it's between like one every, once every one to three years type thing, depending on your history. Um, so this is what the pap smear is all about. It's screening for the changes in the cervix cells that HPV creates. And over time, these abnormal cells can become cancerous. It doesn't mean that they will turn into cancer but they can, and that's why they consider them high risk. In general, uh, cervical cancer takes a long time to develop, usually over 10 years, but there are certain strains of the virus, uh, HPV 16 in particular, that can um, you know, have a shorter progression to cancer. And so that's why it's important for women to go and have their pap smears done on a regular basis, just to make sure that, you know, that everything's okay. And now that we have tests that, um, you know, couples can do on their own um, to find out if they have the virus type thing, that can, I think, help to, you know, reduce the risk for, you know, our ladies out there who are, you know, I mean, it's no fun to, to go for your pap smear and have your pap smear come back abnormal and your doctor's starting to talk about things like precancerous cells. It's, it's very scary and it frustrates me a lot that there is no, you know, testing that's generally being done. Like say, for example, you could go with your new partner to Planned Parenthood or your doctor and say like, test me for every STD there is and they won't test you for HPV and they probably won't tell you that they're not testing for that either. So 
You know, it's like you can get checked for, you know, herpes, uh, hepatitis, HIV, chlamydia, you know, gonorrhea, mm -hmm. syphilis, all these other things, but they won't test you for HPV. And that's our most common STD. So why they don't test it for it? They haven't had tests. Yeah, they really haven't had tests outside of the research environment. So like out of outside of the universities and that kind of stuff. And I think another reason why is because they don't have a cure for the virus. So they don't want to like freak people out by like, oh yeah, you've got this virus, but don't worry, you know, if it moves to cancer, then we'll, you know, cut it out of you or that kind of thing. And it's not terribly reassuring for people. So they, it seems like a lot of the medical establishment kind of has the opinion, you know, ignorance is probably better than stressing people out unnecessarily when we can't offer them a, a cure as it is. So but I'm confused here. Isn't what they promote the big vaccine? I'm not like I'm. I'm not against a pro vaccine. I just don't do vaccines at all. And but don't they promote the the big huge vaccine for little girls to get that for HPV? It was yeah. because of cancer. So yeah. if they don't have the cure, why are they promoting uh, another vaccine for girls at the age of very young age? So the vaccine, what that does is the goal is to prevent infection of HPV. And in the past, um, they started out with what they call Gardasil 4. There's three different types of vaccines that are available. In the United States right now, there's two different ones, and Gardasil is both of them. The first version is Gardasil 4, which protects against the two strains that cause the warts, so 6 and 11. And then the two strains that are most associated with cervical cancer, which are 16 and 18. And so out of the pool of 14 viruses, it's only protecting against two. And now the new vaccine is available is Gardasil 9. So again, it's including, you know, the two that are most likely to be associated with genital warts. And then it's including 16, 18, and then... Um, five additional uh, strains of the high-risk HPV. So again, it's not full protection against cervical cancer because there's 14 and this particular vaccine is only covering seven of the high-risk of strains of the virus. So the vaccine doesn't provide, um, mm -hmm. you know, complete protection. Condoms don't provide complete protection. So that's why I'm really happy that they have um, this new test kit that has come out and it's something that people can do at home. Um, their doctors could offer it, but uh, for reasons I already mentioned, you know, for whatever reason, the medical establishment isn't promoting this, this test for couples, unfortunately. So mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I just felt it's so important to, you know, have these conversations and let people know that there are alternatives that your doctor doesn't know about. You know, hopefully, hopefully they'll bring those in soon. But until they do, you know, I'm out here beating the drum and letting people know. Yeah, I'm excited about and thank you for sharing your wisdom in this. So I'm just looking at it from my analytical perspective. So if there's no cure and they putting everything out there that only covers like part of the high risk uh, out of the 40 strains, right? Um, it just sounds to me very interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, well, but here's another piece too. I mean, women who've had an abnormal pap smear is a huge money-making industry. 
to the tune of, so I hear $8 billion, I think annually, you know? And so that's a heck of a lot of money, you know? And what I've found is, you know, when you've been exposed to HPV, your cervix kind of becomes like the canary in the coal mine. So like if your immune system is down or you're stressed out, you're not taking good care of yourself, then you're more likely to have problems with your cervix because you've been infected with HPV. So I kind of look at it as like an opportunity to really get serious about, you know, cleaning up the areas in your life that are out of alignment, you know, getting rid of the stress, taking better care of yourself and that kind of thing. And really, you know, your immune system is your best defense against the virus. So, you know, when you've been exposed to the virus, you know, like for your first time you've been exposed, if your immune system is up and, you know, alert, that kind of thing, you've got a good chance of just clearing the virus and never even knowing that you had a problem with it. But if your immune system is weak or, you know, you're really stressed out, you're run down for whatever reason, then your immune system may not be as sharp as it could be. And so therefore, some of the virus doesn't get cleaned up and then that manages to get into your cells and establish a foothold. And then from there, you know, it can either, you know, stay dormant and quiet and you don't know, or it can, you know, pop up and start causing problems. And when I think about the virus, I, you know, and when I talk about it to people, I, I encourage people to think about it, HPV in kind of like two different ways. One, it's super common. It's kind of like the flu. Everybody gets it. You know, most people, they clear it. They're fine. Nothing ever happens, you know, but if you're, you know, elderly or immune system is weak, you know, the flu can turn into pneumonia that could cause worse problems and that type of thing. Even for some people, it can be fatal, you know, but for most of us, we're totally fine and we recover and it's no big deal. And what we found is, you know, HPV, it is a viral infection and the body does have the ability to clear it. It usually was, you know, if it does take hold, it can take a couple years for you to actually clear the infection. So if you're dating somebody or like, say you go out with a, you know, person and you both have your HPV test done and somebody comes back positive, it doesn't mean like, you know, you should just like throw them back and not deal with them or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's, it's a health opportunity for them. And, you know, now they're aware and if they're, you know, willing to, you know, take steps to keep their immune system up, take care of their health, you know, you can use the condoms to help reduce your risk, that type of thing. And so there's lots of things that you can do to help, you know, your body get rid of the virus and that type of thing. So I really just look at it as like an opportunity to take better care of your health. And then um, also when talking about the virus, I encourage people to think of it like this. Um, because HPV can be dormant for a long period of time and pop back up to help people understand that, I will use like the example of chicken pox. You know, it's like you get it when you're a kid, it stays dormant, you know, your whole life. And then when you get older, it pops up as shingles. It's kind of like the same type of idea, like when your immune system is down or you're not taking good care of yourself, HPV can rear its ugly head and, you know, start causing problems with your cervix and that kind of thing. So I encourage women who haven't been to have a pap smear in a while, who are going through like a big stressor, like, you know, you lose your job, you, you know, a relationship ends, you know, death and family, any kind of like big intense stress, you know, just go and like get a pap smear just to make sure that everything's okay, you know even if you've had, you know, normal pap smears in the past. So 
So what kind of other uh, integrative holistic therapies can we look at, um, mostly for prevention and also for uh, during when somebody is diagnosed with uh, HPV? And also what would be like, uh, sort of like, what we call it, like what kind of like holistic treatment that you were talking about? Yeah, so research has shown that um, women who tend to be more prone to having problems with HPV tend to be deficient in certain nutrients. Um, you know, they may have low levels of vitamin A, they may have low levels of folic acid, um, you know, sometimes the minerals, uh, you know, your immune system is very dependent on minerals like zinc and, you know, those types of things. So, you know, in general, when just trying to keep healthy, that type of thing, things like vitamin C for your immune system, you know, some people will use herbs or mushrooms to help keep their immune system up. Um, so anyway, so like I encourage them to use like a food-based multivitamin, um, that way they've got like their basic nutrients covered, their trace minerals and that type of thing. And when somebody has had a problem with HPV, um, if it's anything more than just mild changes, then I encourage them to work with a holistic health practitioner because they're going to have access to high potency nutrients that you're not going to have, um, you know, access through just by going to the, you know, the health food store and that kind of thing. Um, and to, and because some of the nutrients are used at higher levels, again, I encourage people to, to work with somebody. Um, but if you're just having like mild changes in the cervix, then there's a lot of stuff that you can do at home with just cleaning up, you know, your diet. If you smoke cigarettes, that's definitely a no-no because smoking in itself is, um, can increase your risk for cervical cancer. And when you add that to HPV, it, you know, exponentially increases your risk. And also if your partner smokes cigarettes and you don't use condoms, um, I think it's good to know that the chemicals that are in the cigarettes are, um, can be transported through semen. And so every time he ejaculates inside you, it's kind of washing your cervix with those kinds of chemicals too. So if you have a partner who smokes and you have HPV, you may want to encourage them to quit. And also, you know, men can get HPV too. Um, you know, it doesn't affect men quite as much as it does women. However, what we are finding is it is putting men at risk for oral and throat cancers. And it seems that they're being diagnosed with the rate of, um, with HPV related oral and throat cancers at about the same rate as women are being diagnosed with cervical cancer. The main difference I wanna point out is, is we are screening women for cervical cancer and we're not really screening um, you know, men or women for that matter for oral and throat cancers. Once in a while, I find a dentist who has like the little black light thing and you know, they're doing um, you know, some of the, the oral screening, but for the most part, there is no oral screening happening. And then I'm sure that you've seen you know, pictures on TV of what happens to smokers when they have the oral and throat cancers. I mean, they, the surgeries, I mean, it just, it's devastating. And so I think, um, incorporating some more kind of standardized oral cancer screening would be a really good thing for people in general. So, so who knows, maybe there's some dentists out there listening. <laughs> and the, uh, the, uh, the test kit that I was telling you about too, that also has, um, the ability to screen for different locations. So men and women can both use the test kit. It's a home test kit. You can order it 
online and you can um, order for each of the locations that you want to test. You know, for women, they could do a vaginal uh, sample. Men could do, you know, a penile sample, which is a first. We've never been able to do that. And then, you know, either men and women can both do like an oral sample. And then basically it's like a Q-tip and you just kind of like, you know, swish it around in your cheek and whatever and stick it in the, the tube and send it off. So it's really easy, simple to take. And I'm just so grateful that we have that option now. So. Great. And <clears throat> how long it takes for the virus for somebody, somebody, let's say, to how long it takes to go from one recipient to another recipient? Like, and actually, you know, I have a new boyfriend, let's say, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow, let's say. And uh, when do, would I know if, um, if that person, how long it's going to take for, for the virus, to, for the test to tell me, like, to be active, how long it takes? Um, for the test, I'm not sure, but I know for the pap smear, like when you've been exposed to HPV, it'll take about three months or so for the cells in your cervix to start um, showing abnormal changes and that kind of thing. So they're saying about a three month incubation period. I mean, it could be less, but I think that's a pretty you know, good guess. And then as far as like testing somebody, um, I'm not real sure about that, but if you're testing both people, you know, then like if he's testing positive and you're not, then I mean, in theory, the test should show that he's positive. So assuming that you collect a good sample and that kind of stuff. And um, does that help answer your question? But yeah, I don't know exactly yes. how long it would be like what, if you had sex with him today and you went and took the test tomorrow, you know, it's like, well, if he was positive and, you know, he wasn't using a condom, maybe some of his DNA would be in there and that type of thing. And you might pick that up. Or if you waited a week, you know, it may not show up. I mean, I don't know because we haven't had good testing. And so, and nobody's asked those questions or done any research to see type things. So there's definitely some unexplored territory and, I've got my little research cap on and I'm like, all right, ladies, let's do some research ourselves here. So it's like, it's interesting to me because there's not that much research, but there's other two bazines out there. That's what like, it just dragged me like, what? I'm like, interesting. But well, they, they research okay. what they want to know to support the use and the safety of their vaccine, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. So they don't care about answering some of the questions that we want to know, you know? Yes, and how is it only transmitted through sex or also through kisses or saliva? Because we know that uh, HIV is not transmitted through saliva. Yeah, it's a good question. And again, it's one of those things that it's a gray area and we don't totally know. But what we can assume is that, you know, men and women can get, you know, HPV orally through oral sex. You know, I'm sure that's how men are getting the oral and throat cancer is most likely through, you know, giving a woman oral sex. And, um, you know, once somebody has it orally, can they transmit it orally? I don't know. Again, another question for the research. You, you know, because you know how many people just start kissing in the second date? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, know. First date. I know. It's like we're, we're trading flora, you know, kind of thing. It's like, it's kind of scary, but we also, I mean, we can't live in fear either. So, you know, it's like knowing that it's out there, um, 
you know, I, if you want to kiss somebody, I'd say go for it. The population who actually has oral HPV is very small. Um, you know, the population that has HPV genitally is approximately 50% of the population. So every time you get with a new partner and have sex, you've pretty much got a 50-50 chance of being exposed. And so the more people you have sex with, the greater you have, greater your risk of being exposed. And, you know, it's just kind of a numbers yeah. game because it is so Can common. Because, you know, um, sweat can also be transmitted. Like, I don't know, like we're talking about fluid, right? There's some viruses that can be transmitted through any kind of like sweat, liquid, saliva. Yeah, it's not like that. Like, um, you know, HPV seems to kind of be like a local infection. Like, um, you know, when you have it genitally, it doesn't magically appear in your mouth kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. going to appear there from oral sex. There's going to be like a direct, you know, transmission route type things so like if you sneeze on somebody they're not going to get hpv it doesn't work like that oh okay <laughs> like just like because you know like uh you know i'm also a body worker so it's like mm -hmm. when you work with people like you always screen them and like oh we have like make sure that you have uh the the medical but you know like i always find like a lot of people lie in their the medical uh you know form the intake form so it's like I have this intake form, like very long <laughs> for mm -hmm. my work. And then all of a sudden, like when they are talking to me, they're telling me all this, I was not there. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know. Right? You know, like, I don't know if you, you're really going to be open up to me and everything. But now that you maybe you wanted to feel comfortable about it. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, I just wanted, I was just wondering. Um, so, for me, you know, for me, the aspect of like um, when it comes to like dating and being in a relationship, to me, is a it's a filter that you know people go through. Like literally, like even in relationship. To, in my case, uh, I'm very, very because it's interesting. Even though that when I was little, I always like I, I was in Catholic school, so the nuns bombarded us with information about <laughs> STDs, you know, and things like that. But the most common was like HIV and at that time, right? So mm -hmm. I always grew up like um, being very conscious about my body. I don't want to change my body, you know, energy and fluid with somebody that maybe they don't take care of good of themselves. Like I, I love to take care of my body, especially now that I'm, I'm a adult woman. And to me, it's like, there's a filter like uh, people have go through uh stages in my life to become intimate partner to be friends first and you know have a long time relationship with friends and and see it really know them before i even have like a crush on them or become intimate with me uh so it's very important to i believe to to take your time when you before you get sexual and i know that it's delicious and all that at the beginning. It's <laughs> like all mm -hmm. that whole chemistry and all that. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that it's important to create for conscious conscious relationships. And I was pretty sure that we do in the summit on that. It's like for me it's important to create that foundation of 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 trust and also that waiting time where we can get to know each other before we even get physical. Mm -hmm. That that's my that's my um my understanding that's the way i do my things so that's the way i like to maybe inspire others to take their time to be in a relationship uh because when they take the time 
we can't already screen all this, like this whole HPV and all the viruses, they will come up in a friendship. So, in your awareness, let's say um, somebody got tested in a relationship, another partner didn't know. I know that by law, if you know of your uh, disease, of your illness, of your virus, and you don't tell your partner, there's a law, right, that they also, that you can go, if something happened to that person because of that, that happened with HIV, right? Like, if you don't tell that you have STD to your partner, actually you can get go to jail or something like that? What, what is that with that HPV? Um, yeah, I know some states have laws like that. I'm not sure if all states do. Um, and yeah, HPV is real interesting because I've actually heard women say that there are doctors, you know, I've told them that they don't need to disclose it, which I personally have a problem with that. You know, even if it is the most common STD, even if it doesn't affect men the same way that it does affect us, you know, and I, I bite my tongue as I say that because it's putting men at can risk for cancer too. And so my personal opinion is, you know, if you know you have the virus, you should disclose it, um, you know, because testing is not common, majority of the people do not know that they have the virus. And, you know, and if you're going through the typical route, there isn't a way for you to find out, you know, especially for men. And so if they don't know about this test that I've been, you know, talking about, then, you know, there is literally no way that they can find out. And so, yeah, but, um, and like I said, you know, so like when, you know, before this test came out, um, you know, what I would tell people is, you know, like if you're entering into a new relationship, when you're going through, you know, like that whole, you know, quote unquote interview process, you know, to figure out if you, you know, if you want to exchange flora with this person, when you, you know, kiss them, when you have sex with them and that kind of thing, because it's true. You, you know, you share bacteria, you share viruses, yeast, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like when you become intimate with somebody in that way, you are going to exchange, you know, your flora, you know, I mean, you pick up, you know, like little idiosyncrasies from each other. It's like when you're intimate with somebody, you take on a piece of them and they take on a piece of you. And if you're not sure you want to have that exchange on that level with somebody, then, you know, good reason to stop and, you know, think about that, think that through because, you know, especially with the flora issues, you know, it's like once you've shared, you know, it's like, you can't take that back. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what like, we always say like, we, we, we are everyone in one aspect because like I was reading, um, uh, so much studies and that, you know, even the semen of the man when goes and, and enter the vagina and in, in, the semen can, uh, when stays there, can actually transmute, and in some levels, like uh, in the DNA, get get it's become part of the woman. So it's like the DNA, like in the whole shebang they were talking about, like the whole you know, vagina in aspect, and and then your whole body that changing because you're adding new uh, DNA <laughs> into it. So it's like a very fascinating, that's like, even when I was younger, like very, I was very conscious about like who, because I, I always knew about, uh, sexual energy and like, uh, you know, I studied Gnosis and Tantra, like a very young age of 15 and like really, you know, for like 
seven years I did nothing because I was just really focused on like uh, understanding so I always knew that it was like beyond just physical it was more of like that speech energetic and a whole transformation and a whole you know becoming part of the other person and the other person's gonna stay with you at some levels so I always was very very conscious on that so yeah it is just fascinating to see like how um how body is and interact with others it's just it's just a fascinating topic anyway yeah it is yeah it we is we are um, connected we are all connected it's true yeah we all are connected so <laughs> i remember somebody posted a somebody made a blog a couple of blogs came up in uh in the community like maybe this year about the aspect of the semen going into the vagina of the women and how and then uh, there was one specific blog that said, well, you may not know if your kid is actually yours because the semen and the sperm and DNA of all the men that the woman had been with had been there. So so your kid may be taking all the traits from, from other people, which it was like a very interesting topic. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, this is interesting. interesting theory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's an ancient theory. I'm like, oh, hey, that's, that's, that, that was like a very, like, what do you call it, a controversial blog. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah, because it kind of bucks against a lot of the things that we've known to be true anyway up until this point. So, yeah. What's so, really true, we're sometimes is subject to revision. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, we're just exploring right now. It's just like we're just exploring and learning and growing and, and learning mm -hmm. more about ourselves. So, where, where people can find these uh, tests? Yeah, so I have them on my website actually. Um, I have some links to them and there's two different tests. So one is called the high risk test and that one tests for the 14 high risk strains. It will identify um, if you have 16 or 18. So it's nice to know if you have either of those because those two do increase your risk more so than the others. And then the other pool of 12, um, it just gives you uh, yes, you're positive for one or more of those viruses in that pool and it doesn't differentiate which of those there are, uh, which one it may be. And then the other one is a full HPV uh, DNA test. And so what this one does is it's testing 49 different strains of HPV and will tell you exactly which of the strains you have, whether it's high risk or low risk. And so what's interesting about this particular test is it's not available to the general public. Um, because I have met the, um, the lady who works for the lab and had conversation with her a few years ago, I happen to know that this lab has the capacity to do the full DNA testing. And when um, I got reinfected with the virus a couple of years ago, it kind of you know, brought HPV back into you know, my front and center awareness and that type of thing. And so whenever anybody's you know, talking about testing for HPV, I'm like, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> I was like, tell me more. And so anyway, so she told me that, um, you know, that they have the ability to do the full HPV DNA testing. And so when I revisited her website a couple years ago and found that they were not offering that, I wrote to her and I said, you know, like, if I have clients who want the full DNA testing done, you know, is that a possibility? And so she went back to talk to the lab, the powers that be and whatever. And she's like, yes, here's what we can do that. Here's what it'll cost. And would you like me to make an order form for you? And I said, why, yes, thank you very much. And so now I have both of those available on my website, the full 
uh, DNA testing is $150. It's a little bit more expensive, but it will tell you exactly which of the strains of the virus you have. And those test kits can be used in, in you know, four different locations. You can test vaginal, you can test oral, you can test anal, and then they also have a test kit for men to test the penile too. So, you know, each location is, a, you know, is a test by itself. So if you want to test more than one location, you have to pay the fee more than once kind of thing. But I think it's, you know, it's a great option to have. And for certain people who are concerned about that, you know, I think it's, it's awesome. So I'm very excited about that. Yes. And my yeah. website, if anybody wants to know, is hpvedu.com. So, and Awesome. I'm so, so grateful mm -hmm. for this information. And it's like one of those topics that need to be talked, uh, need to be shared, and need to be addressed. So everybody become more aware and uh, start living their life a lot more consciously and more instead of like being in the now, but also being present with honoring their body, honoring who they are. Like being very uh, conscious who they bring into the life, their thought. You no, know, living in a conscious, integrative, you know, living. It's, mm -hmm. it's just taking care of everything around you, who you are, and and yeah, and it's not about too much about you know. Sometimes I have a little um, dance with this word protection, but it's more about the creation that we we bring into our life. So, what it is that you're actually creating in your life today? that help you to uh, have those issues that can be presented um, naturally coming into your experience. So mm -hmm. what it is that you're actually doing and being and how you're taking care of yourself, how you're taking care of your immunity system, how you're taking care of your sleep, how you're taking care of, of, of loving your emotion, what kind of mindset and belief are you bringing into mm -hmm. your life, what kind of all that beautiful, uh, what are you creating? Yes. So, Let's go from a base of creation, what we created today, um, and and from that, uh, you know, creating from a place of, of of knowledge and awareness and wisdom, and and self love, then creating from a place of fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? So, thank you so much, Robin, today for sharing such incredible information. I can say that I I I learn, I learn a lot. So that yeah. was great. I yes. love to learn. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's so many people like you who've heard of HPV. They know it's out there, but don't really know what it's about or, you know, know the details or know how to protect themselves, you know, from the virus. And when, you know, like when condoms don't provide full protection, even if you've had the vaccine, that doesn't give you full protection. Like I run a, a Facebook group for women who have been uh, affected by HPV. And I'm starting to see, you know, like the girls in their 20s and stuff coming in um you know with hpv they've had you know the vaccine and they're like i don't understand how this could happen and it's like well it's because you weren't fully informed that the vaccine only provides partial protection you know it's like mm -hmm. so yeah so yeah it's you know you're not alone and i'm so glad to you know be able to share today and help you know raise awareness about hpv because it is you know a very prevalent problem and it does affect a lot of people and there's a lot of fear around it. You know, like I said, when somebody gets diagnosed with it, it tends to be very scary. The doctor's talking about precancerous cells. And, you know, this is a very intimate 
part of your body, very vulnerable place. And the idea of having surgery on your cervix is a pretty scary thing. And the whole idea of, you know, cervical cancer, you know, I mean, it's just, it really strikes women at their core. So mm. thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come in and share. Yeah, thank you so much for saying yes to this invitation. So yes. thank you, Robin. I will see you eventually next time. And All right. I'm good. Yay. And thank, thank you, you, amazing audience, for tuning in today at Lucia Gabriela TV, the place to be where we come to learn all we can about love, relationships, sexuality, sexuality, and living in a purpose. So I appreciate you and have a fantastic, incredible day. Thank you.